Hey, I'm Tamara Kendacker, and I'm the host of Wait, There's More, Global's 20-minute daily news podcast. This week, we're dedicating all our episodes to the coronavirus pandemic. We're talking about it from a variety of different angles, from basic health questions to the impact this is going to have on the economy. We release a new episode every afternoon, and you can listen wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Canada's reputation in the world is stellar. Um, You know, the polling after the games was remarkable. We were the number one brand in the world for 2010 and 2011, and I think in the top group ever since, so that's all good. So all of the pieces, it's really hard to come up with a real negative about why you would not at least take a look underneath that rock and see what's there. All right, it was so nice. Do it twice. That was John Furlong, of course, the head of the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, speaking yesterday. When he comes out with the big reveal, he thinks the city should go for it again and bid for the 2030 Olympic Games. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi, and it's got everybody talking about a 2030 Olympic Games in the city of Vancouver. We had a big debate last time about it. We're going to have another one right now. And uh, your opportunity to phone me on the open line and tell me what you think about it, too. We got both sides of it for you. George Affleck, former Vancouver City Councilor. He likes this idea. Hi, George. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Also on the line, Stuart Parker. He's the former leader of the B.C. Green Party. He's uh, opposed to the Olympics. He's now with the... What's the name of your new party, Stuart? Uh, I'm the organizing chair of the B.C. Eco-Socialists. The Eco-Socialists. Oh, my goodness. Well, we thought we'd put all the, all the meaning in the name. Okay. All <laughs> right. George, let me go to you first. You like this idea. Tell me why. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, it, nothing beats making government get stuff done than a good deadline. And an Olympics like the, the last one we had and another one in 2030 will give us the ability to get a train built to Seattle, get a train built to UBC, get a whole bunch of infrastructure across the region done because deadlines are, is what government needs. Why can't, why can't we do all that good stuff without spending billions of dollars on the Olympics? Come on, you've met the government, right? You, you, you work there. They move a bit slow sometimes. And I think that when you have these kinds of amazing events, these great opportunities that bring people together, that are exciting, that are fun, uh, it really motivates not only the government, but also motivates the private sector in partnerships with us. We can really get things done quickly okay. as opposed to usual. Okay, it was certainly fun the last time. It was a good party. Let's go to Stuart Par- uh, Parker. What do you think of this idea, Stuart? Well, um, you know, I'm not thrilled with it. I think that, uh, I mean, it's exciting to hear George thinking that we have all this extra money and that, um, you know, taxes aren't too high for us to start new programs and whatever. It's obviously a relief to uh, hear that we're not in serious financial straits, that we're not failing to get the basics done, and that we can afford to have a giant party where we invite the world. Myself, I think, you know, people often compare the Olympics to the bread and circuses in Rome. And in fact, we can't do that in British Columbia because we haven't really got the bread part nailed down yet. You know, maybe we can get to the circus when we figured out the bread. But right now, the shelter allowance for somebody on disability in Vancouver is $385 a month. Doesn't sound to me like we've got our housing situation under control. And there's a lot that needs to okay. have money spent on it, and um, this party is pretty far down my Stuart, list. Stuart, did you enjoy the Olympic Games back in 2010? You can be honest if you did. Uh, 
I mean, I caught some of it on TV. I was living yeah. in the States at the time. But remember, my family are Olympians. My mother ran in the Olympics. My uncle ran wow. in the Olympics. My great-grandfather wow. ran in the Olympics. Gee. And one of the things that... Um, you know, so I got a lot of perspective on some of the positives of that movement and also on what makes the Olympics a success. And we do not have the formula for success in Vancouver in Whoa, 2030 what? because we've got very high land costs and we've got housing shortages. Okay, let me and go to George. George, what, what kind of think? pressure an Olympics is going to put on. George, what do you well, think of that? Well, certainly, uh, well, I think that Stuart taking us off in a direction that's not relevant to the conversation, uh, but that's what eco-socialists do, I guess. I, I think that uh, the key here is a plan, obviously, has to be put in place. But if you look at 2010, that saved Vancouver from a, a recession in this region. It, it injected a significant amount of revenue into our and prosperity into our region that we wouldn't have had at, at, at the worst time that it, the economy's had in a generation. So it really saved us. I think that as long as the plan, you know, believe me, Stuart, I'm, of anybody, I hate spending money. Trust me, I am renowned for that. I am fiscally prudent 100%, but I also believe in investing in the future, and I believe in that in creating uh, a focused uh, energy for the government is always uh, a successful way to work. Now, can I say that the NDP would do a good job at this? Not necessarily, but if we put a plan together, I think it's possible to do something that's cash-neutral and successful okay. and fun and great for Vancouver. George, when you say that the, the last Olympic Games saved us from a recession, I've also heard in the argument, and I'm sure you have as well, that it also triggered an affordability crisis in real estate. There's no, there's no real true evidence for that. If you look at Toronto, didn't have a Games. They have a problem with real estate. Uh, New York had didn't have an Olympic Games. It had a problem with pricing. Los Angeles had didn't have you know. There's the the economy over the last ten years has, has been significant. I'm talking more at the ground level for so small businesses, for restaurants, places that would yeah. have really been hurt for a couple of years in that period of time were saved by the Olympics, and I think that's Stuart. a good good thing. Stuart Parker, well, you, you know, that? George is basically making the argument that the Olympics was an economic stimulus package, and I'm not against economic stimulus packages, but the problem with this stimulus package is, according to a Globe and Mail analysis, of the $24 billion that Gordon Campbell added to our province's debt, the Olympics accounted for $7 billion of that, and paying that interest, paying that debt down, the fact that this stimulus package just kicked the can down the road to us now means that while we're trying to do a major energy transition. Well, we're trying to provide people with the basics of housing and food. We are paying off a $7 billion debt from a stimulus package. Also, you can't have it both ways, George. You can't argue Vancouver was going to have a recession and we saved it and the Olympics totally changed the economy here and I, I, all I, this I'm money team, and then I'm at the same team, time yeah. argue that it had no effect because similar things happened in all these other major cities. So, look, we all know it worsened the affordability crisis. Okay. The question is by how much? George. I think that it's important that government knows its roles and responsibilities. Infrastructure needs government support. We got the Canada Line, we got a community center in Vancouver, we got facilities in Richmond, we got facilities in, in Whistler, we got ho- significant housing in Whistler, housing in Vancouver. We got yeah. a ton of stuff that we got built because of the Olympics. That's important. And government's role in building infrastructure is key. Now, I prefer a triple P, like private public partnerships, so that some of the pressures put on private sector in these situations and in the case of the, of the olympics we had that but i think it's important that we understand that capital investments in our society 
the roles and responsibilities. The government needs to be the focus of things that are important to the basics of things like uh, social housing and uh, building highways and building bridges and building community centers. These are things that government's roles and responsibilities. Okay. Other shiny objects are not important. These are the things. And, that and you know what, George? Governments should do that anyway, and they do do that anyway. The idea that you need to host the Olympics every time you need a new rapid transit line built or you need some development money to come out is a ridiculous idea. Most investment in infrastructure happens at other times. Let me ask, let me ask you guys what this. What we know is yeah. that during the Olympics, the public-private partnerships were a disaster. The Olympic Village was supposed to be affordable rental after the Olympics, but it wasn't. Even though the yeah, government... Millions of dollars bailing out real estate developers, bailing out the super rich. Almost all of that affordable rental was canceled. Okay, and that's me, the kind of P three nonsense we don't want to see again. Okay, let me ask you guys this: I, I wonder if this is actually a realistic proposal, or if uh, Furlong is like dreaming in Technicolor here, having some kind of flashback to his past glory days or something because you've got a provincial government here in power that does not seem very enthusiastic about this idea i'm not sure this city council would be keen on it either have a listen to this guys here's premier john horrigan speaking yesterday not exactly thrilled with this proposal i'll have to go back to the finance minister and, and see what we have in the budget for uh, hypothetical uh, bid processes 10 years from now yeah, he's kind of like uh, less than enthusiastic about the idea. George, is this doable? It's doable, but we don't have inspirational leaders in Vancouver or in uh, Victoria right now. We don't have somebody in either place that's going to inspire this to happen. Horgan's passing the bus to Vancouver. Vancouver's mayor passed it back to the province. It's around and around we go. We have two uh, governments here who don't seem interested. So unless the private sector really takes the lead on this, yeah. I don't see any leaders. Uh, in this, unless unless a leader of uh, somebody like you know the Surrey mayor or somebody else outside the city, or we work in partnership with Seattle and look at a, a regional strategy, yeah. I don't see the leadership that we currently have to pull this off, unfortunately. And so, Don, you know, John Furlong is really is dreaming in Technicolor here. I think Stuart Parker. Well. You know, I think the issue is that a junior government like a municipal government can't host these things because they require not just billions of dollars, $7 billion of debt we rang up doing the last one. They also require the province and national government uh, doing things like slum clearance and suppressing protests and doing all kinds of really odious things that have been associated with Olympics ever since the 68 Olympics. My uncle left the Olympic movement disillusioned because he saw how having a big party in town functions as a way for governments to do odious things they wouldn't otherwise get away with. And we certainly saw that last time okay. with the temporary slum clearance and preemptive arrests of so many people. Vanessa in Surrey, hi. Hi there. Hi, go ahead. Hi, um, I want to address George here, or Amos at George. Thank you so much, George, for bringing forward your lived experience. I am super glad to hear that your family and your friends will benefit from this Olympic project. I'd like to share my current life experience. I'm a 47-year-old woman. I'm disabled. I also own a small business. I'm not allowed to operate it in my government-subsidized housing. So in regards to small business owners, to the disabled, to low-income people, to the homeless, 
Who are you serving, George, with your support of billions of our dollars being sent to foreign entities? Who are you serving, sir? George. Well, uh, interesting question. I mean, I'm a small mm-hmm. business owner myself, and so uh, at the time, I wasn't in politics back then. I, I benefited, uh, you know, from from the Olympics as far as the clients and business that I got, and I know a lot of other companies that did. There was a lot of cash infusion into all kinds of businesses, uh, whether it be restaurants, service providers, everything. And so, I think it's important that we look at the uh, the holistic impact that it has. It also is something that's cel- it's a celebration of of, of many things, cultural. Uh, physical, uh, all those things that we talked about. So well, I it's think also it's, it's also know. the Paralympics are in there too. I mean, Absolutely. speaking of speaking of disabled yeah. British Columbians, yeah, they they got a significant infusion of, of facilities uh, yeah. at that time, and I think that is important to think about these things. Again, it goes back to my point about having been in government and also being a business owner. Uh, and I always find it hilarious when business owners say they they can run government better. It's it's not possible. Believe me, if I could run government the way I run well, my business, it would be great. But business move, government moves slow, and things like this really get them moving. And I think it's important that we give these kinds of incentives to get government and bureaucrats getting stuff done. Okay, Stuart Parker. I mean, you got to admit that when you have a big party like this and people coming in the, the town from around the world, it's good for business, isn't it? Oh yes, some businesses certainly benefit. Many businesses, as we know, up the Canby Boulevard, uh, went out of business because of the rush construction of the Canada Line and the massive inflation of the costs of rent. We see less diverse business strips, more expensive business strips. People struggling to keep serving staff in their restaurants because rents were pushed up too high by the development associated with the 2010 Olympics. The idea that if you just throw cash at stuff, everything is going to get better. You know, that's how the Spanish Empire fell in the 18th century. They thought if they just brought gold over, that they would become prosperous. But instead, it triggered inflation, deindustrialization, and their own affordability crisis. And that's exactly what Vancouver is teetering on the edge of now. We want a city where it's affordable to live. It's affordable to do business. And so the idea that just throwing money at something will make it more prosperous, especially when all that money's borrowed and we're busy paying interest on it right now, and it's curtailing things that our government needs to do in the present, then that's a very bad use of money. There are much better ways. Imagine imagine what we could do with $7 billion if we just went and borrowed it and did it for something useful. Hang on, Stuart. Imagine how boring the world would be if people like Stuart ran things. I mean, come on. Should we just not do anything? We'll just sit around and just not do anything in our in our world. Oh, for God's sake, George! Don't straw man this. I enjoy a nice beverage and a good time, probably more than you do. But one of us may, (laughs) one of us could have a good time without spending seven billion dollars in provincial debt. I don't think the I don't think Vancouverites will fail to have a good time, fail to have good parties, fail to have major cultural events unless we use the power of the state to force people into a party they don't even want to have. Okay, hang on a sec. Let's go squeeze in one more call. Gary and Burnaby, hi. How are you doing, gentlemen? Uh, First of all, um, being over 70 years old and born in this city, I think one of the worst things that ever happened to my city was Expo 86. But that's another story. As far as the Olympics goes, yeah, it was a fantastic time. It really was. And I'm all for having the Olympics here once again under one condition. 
And that one condition is that we have absolutely nothing to do with the Olympic Committee or those old fossils that run well, it. Well, good, good luck with that, Gary. Thank you for the call. We just got one minute left, guys. I mean, look, you're going to have to deal with, uh, with with the international, the IOC. George Affleck, just a minute left, well, guys. Well, just that point, when I worked at XO86, I worked at the BC Pavilion. I helped out at the Olympics. These things are life and transformational. I, I appreciated them and such a, as a 21-year-old and then as a 40-plus-year-old at these times. And I think these kinds of events are really important for cities to do. It's a chance to bring people together. Okay. It's a chance to celebrate. Okay, Stuart, you want to sum it up in 10 uh, seconds? I, I'm here in Prince George. It's 10 degrees. Last Olympics, we had to truck snow in from Manning Park. Assume, I mean, I don't even know we'll have a winter to go with a winter Olympics in 2030. We need to be focusing on the climate file. Okay. We need to be focusing on basic affordability. This party is ridiculous. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. We could have kept Bye. going, but I, I appreciate both of you for a nice, lively discussion there. George Affleck, Stuart Parker, thank you to both of you gentlemen.